0: Plus.
1: With your first look at this week's college football lines, this is College Lines Revealed on Veasan, the sports betting network. Here's Jonathan Von Tobel.
4: Welcome in, folks. You heard it. It's favorite time of the week. College football lines revealed for the next week of action in college football. We have a lot to get to. Uh, this coming week is going to be absolutely incredible. Last week was awesome, and conference plays well underway. Now we get some really good matchups coming up. and so Actually, some top 10 matchups that we're going to have coming up later this week, as well as some really big conference matchups between teams uh, that I think still have a lot of questions to be answered, despite some really good starts from a record standpoint. So let's start there as we look at some of the bigger games on the board. Remember, as we open up these shows, usually do, We're going to take a look at the DraftKings look at headlines from last week for this week's worth of action. And then, of course, as the numbers start to pop, we will update those from the current week openers. But let's start in the Big Ten. Penn State on the road against Michigan. Really interesting game because Michigan, as we know has gotten off to a phenomenal start in terms of their record. Statistically, among some of the best teams in the country. However, when you look at the evaluation of their schedule, I think there's some fair questions to be asked of how good this Michigan team is. In terms of EPA per game, Michigan's opponents, 127th. That would be Hawaii. 128th. That would be Colorado State. 79th, UConn. 89th, 95th, Indiana. And 12th, Maryland. uh, 89th, that would be Iowa. And Maryland, best team amongst them that they had faced Failed to cover that game, also failed to cover yesterday in a matchup at which they scuffled very early. I will call it the first three quarters against Indiana. Look ahead here was Michigan as a 7.5-point favorite over Penn State. Now, right now, as the board looks, we're still showing that 7.5. So as the market opens up here, this is going to be fascinating to see not only where it opens up for this week, but where the number goes. Because an initial look, I still have my questions about Michigan. And if you look at them offensively, that would be the question because Penn State comes in EPA per play defensively against the run. This is the 10th best team in the country. A paltry 2.9 yards allowed per carry by Penn State's front seven. And very much the argument can be made that this defense has faced way better competition up to this point than what Michigan has faced. And if Blake Corum is largely contained Michigan, but for Michigan – What is J.J. McCarthy as a passer and a potential one-dimensional offense? And those are the questions that I have for this Michigan team. And, yes, they get the benefit of being at home, but putting up seven and a hook, a key number with the hook on it, you do wonder if that will be the opener. And whether or not the market will move in the direction of grabbing those numbers with Penn state who last time out for Sean Clifford uh, looked eh, all right. And there has been some rumblings that Clifford maybe has been injured. We'll see if he can actually put forth a better effort. Let's stay in the big 10 though. Minnesota taking on Illinois. Cannot wait to watch this one either. Uh, The Illini of course, off to a fantastic start for this team already over their win total, by the way, from the preseason. So that's a win for the Illini. However, Issues for injury for both teams, the first of which is Illinois. Uh, Tommy DeVito left the game in the first quarter against Iowa. Art Sitkowski had to play in that game for the Illini and almost gave that game away, which is a little bit uh, troublesome for an Illinois team that, yes, they rely on their running attack, but Minnesota comes into this with their own question marks. Muhammad Ibrahim did not play in that game against Purdue, and their offense went from one of the best in the country, Minnesota, to averaging 4.9 yards per play, going 4-for-12 on third down, 3-3 and outs, and scoring only 10 points in that loss to the Boilermakers. So, Mohamed Ibrahim does matter. And you need a better play from Tanner Morgan. In that loss to Purdue, of course, throws three interceptions. One of those was actually in the end zone, ended up being a touchback. But those are the questions you have for Minnesota. Does Mohamed Ibrahim actually make that big of a difference? And can Illinois survive if Tommy DeVito, which is initially being rumored as a high ankle sprain that he's dealing with, if he cannot play, what is the big drop-off here for Sidkowski and the Illini? Now, I would say that Minnesota is not on the same level as Iowa defensively, so 9-6 to and an ugly performance from them. And remember, he actually, too, um, uh, Sidkowski threw an interception in the end zone for the Illinois Illini, or the, for the Illini last week. I say last week. It was on Saturday. We'll see if that drop-off's pretty big here, but that is the question from an injury standpoint and where they're going to open these up. Look ahead. Minnesota was a two-point favorite against Illinois, and as these numbers start to open and we get reactions uh, from where these numbers are, you see that the uh, difference here, at least between DeVito and Sitkowski, two points. Opener at Circa, Minnesota a four-point favorite with a total of 40.5. I would venture a guess that two points is not enough of a difference between DeVito and Sitkowski, and that we might see that number move a little bit more in Minnesota's favor. We'll see if that is going to be the case. We move on from there. Alabama-Tennessee, again, quarterback issues galore for a lot of these games, and that would be the focus here for Alabama. If you remember, if you were, for those who were with us uh, yesterday, we actually had a great guest on that talked a little bit about this with us uh, from Bryce Young's standpoint. That would be Aaron Suttles from The Athletic who covers Alabama. And if you remember Elliot too, he was pretty strong in that, like, hey, Bryce Young dealing with a lot of pain during the week. He was he had no shot, at least according to the Suttles, that he was going to play against Texas A&M, and that was the case. But if it's a firm no as Subtles expected and was ultimately right about, you do wonder what Young's status is going to be as we move forward, especially with shoulder issues that have been with him consistently, as Nick Saban has already said. And while those might look at Jalen Moreau overall and see three touchdowns, one interception, and think it was a good performance, uh, very much the argument is it really wasn't. He put the ball on the turf twice. They lost both of those fumbles. He committed a total of five turnover-worthy plays by PFF standpoint. And the look ahead here, Alabama 95 Now we get the opener, Alabama, seven in this matchup against Tennessee again on the road. And actually it looks like Circa opens up eight and excuse me, she opens up seven, moves to eight immediately. So the market, this is the interesting thing. The market has really not budge on its belief in Alabama. If you remember last week with the questions about Bryce Young and whether or not he was going to play against Texas A&M, that opened up 20. Didn't matter. Market moved it up to 24. And as we know, Alabama barely got by Texas A&M. They only scored 24 points. If Milroe is going to play again, and we'll talk to Mitch Moss, who's going to join us here coming up in a couple of minutes. Him and I were texting. He and I were texting about this. The athleticism's there. The talent is there. But raw, I think, is a really good word for Merle-Rowe. And if he's going to continue to commit turnover-worthy plays, this is going to be really interesting to see where Alabama stands, especially against the Tennessee team that didn't blink, took care of business against LSU yesterday. And yes, was there special team snafus where it was a fumble on the opening kickoff and a really good punt return for Tennessee that set them up? Yes. But Hooker was great. This offense was extremely efficient, and they never, in a look-ahead spot, never looked past LSU in a very strong win, 40-13 to over the Tigers. So from there, again, Alabama, look-ahead, 9.5, reopened 7, we're up to 8, and that spot for the Crimson Tide. Let's take a look. Oklahoma State at TCU. This is a big matchup between these two, of course, when we talk about the Big 12 very important game. Look ahead here was TCU minus two. As we know, TCU scuffled a little bit in the first half. Really charged situation, I thought, on the road against Kansas. You expected a little bit of a better start from the Jayhawks game day in there. All of those things and from a narrative standpoint that worked in the Jayhawks' favor to get off to a strong start. But ultimately started gashing that Kansas defense. As we know, it's not really that great. And had a really good offensive performance. Win that game 38-31. to Now get to play host to Oklahoma State. Okie State, 41-31. Again, just go in there, get it done as a 10-point favorite against Texas Tech. Now they're in this spot against TCU. And I would agree with this line move that we've already seen. TCU opens up as a two-point favorite. Now, as I speak, went from three to four. TCU now a four-point favorite with a total of 66 here against Oklahoma State. And this is the big question when you look over all of things. And by the way, can I just stress here? As these numbers start to appear, because my screen's lighting up, Circa's up to four right now in favor of TCU. Caesars just opened up one in favor of TCU. So again, if you're sitting there and you're fine, if you have all of your apps open and you're in a situation where you can take advantage of this, there are a lot of different numbers and a wide variety of things that you can play in these situations. But I would agree with the market pushing this up to that four that's currently here at Circa. Sonny Dykes has done a tremendous job, and they're a little bit better defensively than I expected. And they're, they had, look, they gave up quite a few big plays, to Jason Bean and the Jayhawks. But I think at the end of the day, they are so effective. And Duggan, I don't care what Danny Burke says yesterday, is a Heisman contender. Uh, We almost came to blows over this. Duggan and this TCU team deserves a lot of respect. And the flip side is Spencer Sanders, he put up really big numbers against lesser opponents. But that Baylor game... You don't want to say lucky, but they got out of there in that Baylor game with some subpar play from Sanders. I think Sanders is still exactly what he's been throughout his career, and I think that starts to show itself. But again, this is one of the moves. Opened up two, now up to four in favor of TCU. Look ahead was two as well. Let's go to the ACC. NC State and Syracuse. Injuries, again, that you want to look at here. Devin Leary knocked out of that game by uh, in NC State, their win over Florida State. Uh, a very big blown opportunity for Florida State in that game. They're banged up themselves. But we'll see if Leary's going to perform here. Syracuse opens as a four-point favorite, though, in this spot now down to 25 here at circle with a total of 44. That, actually, and that's a pretty big move here on the total early, I would say, because it's the first couple of minutes. Total opened up 41-and-a-half, got up to 44. But that's the question about NC State, is how this offense is going to look if Leary's not going to be available coming into this game against Syracuse. And Syracuse, you talk about checking the boxes as a team that's been fundamentally sound. Uh, the Orange have been just that. If you look at them from an a, 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 EPA per play standpoint, offensively, they have been some of the best teams, or excuse me, among some of the best teams in the country right now. If we're talking about overall per game on offense, 27th. The thing here, though, 30th best pass defense in the country from an EPA per play standpoint. So if you're talking about facing off against a backup quarterback, who, by the way, in an offense that struggled already with their starting quarterback from a passing attack standpoint, looks like it's going to be one that favors Syracuse Orange. uh, But right now, again, when you're talking about a move from where we were at to where we are where we are now, open four, down to two and a half here in that spot for Syracuse. Let's move on to the SEC, and there's a lot of big games left, and we have a lot more to get to, of course, so stick around because we have a lot of movement on a lot of these numbers. We'll go LSU on the road against Florida. Pre-game, or uh, look-ahead spot, we'll call it look-ahead line. Florida, a three-point favorite in this game for LSU. Now, if we're looking at the market, We're talking about three, total of 48 and a half. So no real adjustment. And it's an interesting spot for LSU because, as we said, really not in that matchup against Tennessee. Special teams issues. Jaden Daniels does look a little, we'll call it like a half-step slower. The athleticism is still there, uh, but not as explosive. There are some rumblings, too, that he might be dealing with a couple of, you know, um, bumps and bruises, we'll call them. But the story here is Florida, who fails to cover, taking on Missouri, who a lot of people thought were in a letdown spot after a close loss to Georgia. Now Florida and this well, eh, okay offense has to play host to LSU, a team that the market really had a lot of respect for before that loss to Tennessee. So we'll see if the market comes in again, maybe takes a full three with LSU, a team that the market really couldn't get enough of before the game this last weekend against the Tennessee Volunteers. Plenty of left, man. Clemson's on the road against Florida State. We'll give you where that number was. USC on the road against a very disappointing Utah team after their loss to UCLA. man, Really good slate of college football games, and there's a lot in between there too. Don't go anywhere. College football lines revealed. Mitch Moss joins us next.
3: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the sports betting network.
4: NHL season's here, folks. Get ready for it. Our betting guide written by Andy McDeal. Absolutely fantastic. I'm about 75, 78% of the way through. I'll call it 78.3% of the way through. 32 team previews, Stanley Cup playoff point projections, three things every new NHL better should know, plus rookies to watch best bets for player awards and more. You only get it as a pro subscriber, so check that out now, vison.com slash subscribe. All right, we roll on college football's lines uh, line revealed. We have a lot to get to. It's a really good week. Mitch Moss, nice enough to give us some time. Take a break from watching the NFL action here at Circa to go over some of these numbers. Thanks for coming on, buddy. What's shaking, pal? Uh, Nothing. We have to ignore the NFL. We're watching it, but... uh, It's very boring right now. Nothing's happening. Yeah, Uh, nothing at all, and I am not involved in any of these games in any way, shape or form. (laughs) Uh, But we have a lot of games to get to, and one of the games that you and I were discussing uh, is this game, Alabama and and Tennessee. And I find this incredibly fascinating because the market has this relationship with Alabama. Last week, we brought up the fact that Texas A&M opened up catching 20, immediately went up to 24, despite yeah. the questions around Bryce Young. And they only managed 24 points in a close win. Jalen Milroe your thoughts on how he performed this last weekend? Because I thought the really good word was raw. Like, you saw the good stuff, you saw the bad stuff, and I think it's really clear at this point, after the market said, nah, no difference between the two, there's, I think, a significant difference between Bryce Young and Jalen
5: Monroe. I mean, you're going from the Heisman Trophy winner and a guy who's projected to be a very high pick in the first round next year of the draft to a kid who is his backup and has no experience. So uh, there has to be at least some sort of a drop-off. If you don't want to call it drastic, that's your opinion. Um, but there is something there for sure. And we saw, I think, raw is probably the right word. We saw the turnovers. By the way, we did see the missed field goals yesterday, which did not yep. help Alabama, uh, Alabama either. So you know Saban's going to have hit, He's going to be livid after that game yesterday. He's not going to be happy. The play by Texas A&M, they could have won the game, but it was such a, I don't know, I still don't know what happened there at the very end in that pass play. You got to throw it to the end zone. Regardless, uh, I was really hoping this number would open up Tennessee plus 10. Yeah, or 10.5, because it probably would have been my biggest bet of the entire year. It did not. It opened up eight. I passed. It immediately moved to seven. But so, you know, we, on our show, Follow the Money in the Morning, on Friday, we had a guest on who made it sound like, well, we'll wait and see kind of a coin flip if Bryce Young is going to play or not. And it was like, well, he must not be that banged up. We never saw him yesterday. Nope. You talked to another guest this weekend here on this show, and he's
4: like, eh, it might be something here. Right. Well, he was talking about that. He was he's been when we asked him, is Bryce Young gonna be available? He's, no, he was a flat out no. He he's, knew it right away. He knew right away there was no Hemen or Han. Oh, you know, they're gonna see. He was like, No, he's been dealing with pain throughout the entire week. Remember, and I, I keep bringing this up. Saban brought up after he got injured, after that game, he's like, Yeah, he's been dealing with shoulder issues for a little bit now. Like that's something that Young has had, and he kind of glossed over it. Like, yeah, he's dealt with some shoulder issues. Well, that combined with a report that he's been dealing with pain all week and just a shout-out, just a flat-out, no, he's not available. You you do wonder what this looks like for Young. Even if he does come back to what capacity his health is, is going to be really interesting here because this defense is not among the best that Mm. that Alabama's got, the Mm. secondary. I think we've seen in multiple instances this year, can be tested and give up some pretty big chunk plays. Quinn Ewers looked great before he went out in that matchup. And I would say that... uh, Tennant Hooker could probably test that secondary if it's Tennessee. Okay, so, I mean, Tennessee punished LSU yesterday. That was great.
5: On the road, that was not a night game, but I don't care. They went to the Bayou, and they were, I mean, so let me, is it fair and realistic? And it'll be, you know, people will look at their power ratings and say, no, yes, whatever. I think there's a chance, a really good chance right now, Tennessee's the fourth best team in the country. I think so. Now, there's still going to be, no matter who the fourth or fifth best team is, might be UCLA. Right. Don't know. (laughs) Um maybe Clemson, who knows, but mm-hmm. at, at, there's still going to be a drop-off from Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, Any if you want to rank them anyway in the top three, there's going to be a drop-off to number four, but Tennessee might be the fourth-best team in the country. Now, it just depends on betting this. How big is the drop-off from Alabama to Tennessee, and does the points make enough sense to grab them? And evidently, they did. They took a bet here immediately, again, to move it from eight to seven.
4: Yep, and, and that's the thing, too, is when, when you have quarterbacks like this, especially now that we know there's going to be a difference between Young uh, and, and Jalen Moreau, Is what you want to if you want to gauge this and go you know what I'm going to take seven because if it's Moreau, I mean this is I I would think this is probably going to come underneath that seven I think so too but if you're going to grab seven and it's young we're going to maybe get to that ten point mark that you talked about yep right because I would say at the very least there's a three point difference between Moro and and Bryce Young right yeah that's completely fair. So we go from there. Uh, You mentioned the top five teams in the country. So I think this is pretty interesting. There are a lot of people who would throw Michigan in that mix. Mm -hmm. And these are one of the games that you were looking at. So what were you looking for here? Michigan opens up 7.5 over Penn State. uh, Immediately goes down off of that hook to 7. Right now, we'll make sure it hasn't moved. Yeah, so 7. There's a a 7.5 out there, too, if you want to bet it, uh, with a total of 51.5. I am of the mindset that if you look at the way Penn State matches up defensively, They're really good against the run. Statistically, they've been amongst the best in the country. Their schedule has been much tougher than what Michigan has faced up to this point, so you can kind of buy into the metrics a little bit more. If you're going to talk about Michigan kind of being held down from their in terms of a running game standpoint, and you're going to force J.J. McCarthy to be a little bit more of a passer and facilitate in that way, I am very much tempted to look at Penn State here in this spot against
5: Michigan. Yep, so am I. Uh, I was hoping, again, it would be a little bit higher because there's a lot of hype, and the power rating for Michigan obviously is uh, very strong. So i was hoping it would be closer to 10 as well in this matchup seven and a half does look pretty good you can find that out uh, right now at one book um and even seven but i mean if you can find the seven and a half i think that would be the side for me to look at too because again we talked about the michigan schedule okay so they beat up on some of the worst teams in the entire country now look at what has happened over the last couple of weeks right yep. dogfight against maryland and that score yesterday to me was completely misleading with what happened with the final result yep. they were up against it 10-10 for a long time in that game against indiana and um, they eventually pulled away in one, and it looked a lot better uh, for the final score than it did during the game. So I would—I uh, haven't bet it yet, but if I did, it would be certainly Penn State at this point.
4: You mentioned so when you walked in, you mentioned you made three bets. What were they?
5: Uh, the first bet I made today was uh, Mississippi State against Kentucky. Okay. Kind of an unknown here. Is Levis going to play? And I don't know. Yep. Uh, and we saw the drop off there yesterday as they got beat outright
4: uh, against South Carolina. That's up to six, by the way. Mississippi State opened three, now up to six total, okay. forty-seven and a half.
5: I bet him at three, so um, I'm happy with that one as of right now. But by the way, and it's not just this is not anti, you know. Oh, it's not. This is not me thinking that Levis is going to be out. This is a lot
4: of pro Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. They're good. They're they're defensively. I've been really surprised by how good they have been, and like they run kind of that three-three-five sort of scheme. It has worked out really well for them up to this point.
5: Very much so. I mean, he's got this team cooking. I know that some people uh, early in the summertime were kind of down on this team, not expecting them to go over their win total and be players in the SEC. But clearly at this point, uh, he's done a great job with this team. The other squad that I bet was um, Wisconsin and uh, minus four. At Michigan State, I don't think Michigan State's very good at all, and I kind of want to ride this wave for a little bit with with Wisconsin, if I can. They were pretty good over the weekend against Northwestern. Yep. They did really, really good things in the first half. The offense looked a little bit different already under Jim Leonard, which I'm all for because, uh, you know, being from that state, I'm a fan of this program, have been my entire life. But I'm going to ride this out for a little bit here, and if they can cover this game, maybe do it one more time after this to see where it takes me. But um, I like what I saw with that team, and in Michigan State just not a very good they're not in good shape right now. Mm -hmm. So this is a little bit of pro-Wisconsin, anti-Michigan State. And the other one was, uh, how broken is Oklahoma right now?
4: Pretty bad. Even if Gabriel
5: comes back, I don't trust them defensively. You can't. You cannot. I mean, this looks like, if you put in, right now, if you put in tape from this Oklahoma team and compared it to any of these recent teams that Lincoln Riley had, where that's where he got crushed, was like, hey, dude, you got to fix the defense. Come on. And then Mm -hmm. you bring in Venables, defensive guy. It looks like, Either nothing has changed or maybe the defense has gotten worse. Yeah. So I did take Kansas. They're on the road. I grabbed nine in that game. It's sitting at eight right now. Uh, can't. I mean, you want to talk about just a grueling schedule for the Jayhawks. I get that. But uh, this Oklahoma team is in – they're not bettable right now, in my opinion. I can't get behind them.
4: Well, Kansas, though, so there's a couple things on Kansas, though. They continue to answer the bet. Right, right. Even yesterday, they close seven. They get a push there because uh-huh. they lose 38-31. A game in which the market like moved against them heavily and against Iowa State. They win that game outright. Probably shouldn't, but they still take care of business there. I would agree. And even yesterday, Jason Bean comes in as backup. We'll see what Jalen Daniels because he injured his shoulder and uh, was clearly out in the second. He came out without a shoulder pad, so he's clearly banged up. Jason Bean came in and performed relatively well, and he showed at least that against a bad defense, which he's going to face here, that he's going to be able to, I think, do something offensively. I I love the way he looked,
5: and I I don't want to completely overreact from just what I saw with my own eyes in that game, but I thought thought for sure once he came in and Daniels went out that there was going to be a huge drop-off, and it's like, "Uh uh-oh, this is not going to go well for uh, Kansas, and he really exceeded my expectations. So, I mean, if he's going to be the guy this week in Oklahoma, I mean, that's a very small sample size, but um, I like Leipold as well. I mean, how can you not? The guy's been an un- unbelievable
4: coach so far this year. He's going to have him ready, that's for sure. Yeah, right, right. right. They, that's one of the benefits, that even if it's going to be a backup quarterback, Leipold's going to have him ready to go. So that one, Oklahoma opens up nine at circa, total of 65, Oklahoma down to eight with a total of 64 and a half. So we'll have more on a couple of these because there's a lot of big matchups. Uh, we'll set the table though now as we look to the late night schedule, uh, Utah against USC. And you mentioned UCLA. We'll get to the Bruins too at some point, but Utah Taking one on the chin against UCLA over the weekend. Now playing host to USC. Open three with a total of 16.5, three and a half right now the number. USC's been okay. You haven't really been explosive. And against Washington State, they take care of business. This is the matchup, though, that everybody was expecting was going to decide the Pac-12. Well,
5: so when Utah got thumped yesterday against UCLA, I was really hoping that USC would look awesome last night. Yeah. Because I wanted there to be like a big-time overreaction to Utah. Utah one and a half or something like Like that. Like a pickup, right? That's a pipe dream, I get it, but that's what I was hoping for. So I was really hoping to then buy low on the Utes team. They open up three and a half. That, to me, is a super-duper sharp number. And uh, to me, that's exactly where it should be, and I'm not going to touch it right now. We'll see where the market's going to take this thing. but that was uh, that's a good job here at circa, in my opinion, by opening it up at three and a half.
4: All right, we'll get Mitch's thoughts on a couple of these other matchups, including a Clemson team that is starting to round into form. They get to hit the road to take on Florida State and more on College Football Lines Revealed on Veasan.
1: This is College Lines Revealed on Veasan, the sports betting network.
4: Welcome back in. College Football Lines Revealed here on v every single Sunday. I'm Jonathan Montobel. Mitch Moss, nice enough to join us as he's hanging out down here at Circa. All right, before we get back to uh, Mitch's thoughts and picking his brain on some of these games, this is what we always do at this time. We'll walk through some of these big line moves and total moves. If you see anything that sticks out, feel free. Feel free to commentate, sure. Mitch, on what we see here. All right, let's start with the biggest line moves no! of the day up to no! this point. Oh, okay, all right. No! What happened? <laughs> oh, come on!
5: I know this is a college show, but the Seahawks are the Hail Mary at the gun the way it looks to, to win the first half.
4: Get out of here, really? That
5: is, oh, oh the last thing I could have happen.
4: I didn't really enjoy that. I have a game thing here, but I wouldn't really enjoy that either. Uh, all right, so... That aside, let's take a look at some of the bigger line moves that we've got in terms of college football market up to this point. We'll start Buffalo and UMass. Uh, Buffalo opening up as a 19-point favorite here, uh, getting bet down to 15. Wow. So UMass getting a little bit of action. UMass, huh? Uh, yeah, four-point move in favor of the Minutemen. San Jose State and Fresno State. Uh, San Jose State looking better and better as the season goes along. Big win on Friday over UNLV. Bet up from a three-point favorite to a six-point favorite against Fresno State that is still shorthanded at quarterback. Temple and UCF. Temple opening up as a 28-point underdog, getting a little bit of action there, driving that number down for 28-25 to in favor uh, favor of Central Florida. We move from there to the SEC. One of the games that Mitch is in on, actually, Mississippi State taking on Kentucky. Questions about Will Levis and whether or not he's going to play. This opens up Mississippi State minus three, now up to minus six. Charlotte, UAB. Charlotte opening up as a 21-point underdog, with UAB getting action there. That number now, 24. Miami, Ohio, and Bowling Green, the Falcons, Opened up as a five-point underdog. Miami, Ohio, though, now laying seven in that matchup against Bowling Green. Northern Illinois and Eastern Michigan, that's a pick. Eastern Michigan, now a two-point favorite. Kent State and Toledo. Kent, golden flashes, opening up six, now catching eight. And then, of course, Kansas and Oklahoma. Kansas opens up as a nine-point underdog, now catching seven in this game against Oklahoma. Questions about quarterback for Jalen Daniels, but as we discussed, do you think that Jason Bean in that system is going to be able to operate just fine with a week of preparation. We move to totals now. UTSA, Florida International. We had an open of fifty-three and a half. Right. That gets bet up ten points nearly. That's nine. nine and a half. Wait, wait, a ten-point move in a half an hour? Dude, these totals, and we say this every week, these totals fly because I feel like we know this. Like you talk to a lot of sharp betters. Some of the sharpest betters in their respective sports are actually big totals guys, and that's where you get some of the biggest moves. we will see crazy movement in the first thirty minutes. Nine and a half point move, fifty-three and a half to sixty-three. It happens every week. It's wild. Temple and UCF, 53.5 the open there. That's down to 46 between those two. Kent State, Toledo, 68.5 the open. We're down about 7.5 points to 61 between those two. We move on. Texas State and Troy. Total opens up 55.5. We're down to 48.5. That Mountain West matchup, San Jose State and Fresno State, 56.5 in the open, 6.5 point move to the under, now sitting at 50. Utah State, Colorado State, how bad do the Rams look? Jay Norvell trying to fight on the field before the game starts against Nevada on Friday. Uh, firing up his team, I guess, to score nothing. They were awful offensively. 54 and a half the open there, down to 48. Makes a lot of sense given how bad these two offenses have been. Go to the SEC, Vanderbilt, Georgia. Total opens up 52 and a half. We're up to 58. Nebraska and Purdue, Boilermakers, just continue to deliver despite not being an overly impressive team. 63 and a half at the open. We're down to 58. Then La Tech and North Texas. The open there, 64 and a half. We're up six and a half points. That total now seventy between La Tech and North Texas. Think is that it? We got all of them. Wow! There we go. That's all the biggest line moves up to this point. That yeah, is the awesome. Are, the totals are crazy, right?
5: Yeah, yeah. I, I from following this, you can see that happen like during the week, but mm-hmm. to actually, because I don't really pay attention to totals right away. I bet I think yeah. one on the opener on Sunday. So far, I look at the sides more than than the totals, but. Uh, to see that happen just like that, man, wow, that's a... And by, and by the way, the crazy thing about that is we're now talking about week seven. Yep. So we have, uh, you know, a month and a half of data to go on and they're still moving 10 points.
4: It is crazy. And it speaks to, again, like, this is why I, I bring this up a lot. You know, I like to talk, we like to talk to those people because you get an idea, like when we talk to Paul Stone, you have him on a lot every single week. Yeah, of yeah. The Brad Powers of the world. Those are the guys that are shaping the markets that the vast majority of us are betting into as you get closer to game day. And so it gets a good sense of what they're talking about to get an idea of how they look at these teams. Because like, and that's why I kind of hate to a certain extent doing this job. Because like, when you get to Saturdays and Sundays and you talk to these guys that have moved these numbers from where they were at, it's like, do I really like? Do I really want to bet into these markets? They've, they've, well, they've already mean, been tightened up. When you talk
5: to a, a Paul Stone or a Brad Powers yeah. or other people like that, like we do here on Veasan, and it's Thursday. They still might have, well, yeah, okay, there's one game on the board that I like, but yeah. they already have 60 bets yep. that they made on Sunday and maybe Monday, but they're just like, okay, yeah, everything is now molded into shape right now, so it's difficult
4: to get, you're exactly right. And I do like, in, in doing these shows, too, I get a read of, of how some of these numbers are going to move. Like, So, for example, yeah, yeah. one of the numbers, that, one of the games that I had circled, I was like, look, if, if Iowa State-Texas opens up underneath, I thought, like 14. Then we're going to get movement, and Texas should probably close as like a 14, 14 14-and-a-half point favorite. Quinn Ewers, it has been a short sample size. Alabama looked elite, and yesterday looked absolutely fantastic. Yet again, and Iowa State, among some of the worst teams offensively, Texas opens up 13, now up to 14. Total gets dropped from 55-and-a-half to 52-and-a-half. But I wonder, from a rating standpoint, what the market's going to do with Texas now moving forward. You figured they would get action here. That has been the case, especially under a key number. But Texas, I think, is a pretty fascinating team now that they're at full strength with their guy.
5: I mean, what do you do with their power rating now what they did to Oklahoma yesterday? Yep. I mean, do you raise them up more or drop Oklahoma even more? But that's also based on the Gabriel loss yep. at quarterback. So I would say that's probably more of a knock towards Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But also with him in, back in, you're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's night and day with him. They are legit with him. Yeah. Without him, it's like okay, they could they could lose, you lose to
4: basically anybody in the Big Twelve. You lose an overtime to Texas Tech. That's exactly right. But, but if Quinn Ewers is out there, he seems to be the real deal, and Sark is using yeah. him in the proper using him properly. It also tells you about the
5: Iowa State power rating. I mean, I think if right, and I don't have the the games of the year memorized from like back in May or June, but I'm willing to make a wager right now that the games of the year that were posted up across the country, there's no way Texas was Lane 14 in this spot against Iowa State.
4: Yeah, it's a good point. Let's see. I can probably. I can pull these up in a second. If that game was available. I Maybe mean, not a second, so an exaggeration. Yeah. I'll get it for you. Um, but you're right. And I, I think, again, when you're talking about like all of these numbers, and we bring these up a couple of times now, those games of the year, and speaking on some of those guys that we speak on that move these markets, uh, that is pretty... I was... No, get out of here. Really? Chris Andrews opened it up Iowa State minus 10. And it got down to minus 7. And now they are catching 14. Oh, whoa. <laughs> That's, is actually, that right? A 24-point swing from a preseason line. That's, oh. it, it, again, man, you get in on some of these numbers, okay. that, is, that is zany to think about. I will
5: say that uh, I'm not surprised Iowa State was favored in the games of the of year market, but it would have been, to me, that would have been like a much closer number to pick them than, yeah. than 10.
4: And uh, as Elliot tells me in my ear, according to an article with Paul Stone, of course, he's got Texas plus ten in his pocket. Of course he does. Why would he <laughs> because not? Because he bet it on those game of the year openers uh, over the summer. So he has a twenty four point middle now. Yep, that's okay. uh, get these guys. And that's a it does pay to not only just pay attention, but also like you know you make your own numbers, take a stab at a couple of the game of the year lines. But that is also it's a really good lesson for those game of the year numbers. A lot of the times you're taking these because you think they're off. Sure, well, you can set yourself up like you said have a 24-point middle coming into this game. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's an incredible position. You can do whatever in, you want now. Whatever you want with yep. that. Uh, okay. We go from uh, that matchup. There's a couple of others to get to here uh, that I think do have some, intri- uh, some intrigue. I wanted to take you. you know, we talked about um, Kansas a lot and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. What do we do with TCU and Oklahoma State? Uh, TCU is a two-point favorite at the Open. This gets bet up to three and a half, total of 60, uh, 68. As I mentioned, these other shops, specifically Caesars, has started to open these numbers at the same time, taking their opinions. You know, they laid one. This number got up to as high as four for TCU. So we've seen a little bit of buyback here. But I am of the mindset I like TCU a lot offensively, and Duggan. I think um, I think Ian McDonald, who is uh, I think a colleague of ours that we like, uh, that we uh, get along with, and a friend of ours. He brought up 150-1 to on Duggan when the Heisman, still out there. Oh, wow. uh, And which is a really good number for a team that's going to be in contention for their conference. He's going to put up a lot of numbers. But what do you do with Oklahoma State? I think Spencer Sanders really got away with beating up on lesser competition earlier in the year. They were a little lucky to get by Baylor. Sanders was not really impressive in that matchup. And here they are here against TCU, 3.5, total of 68.
5: Well, and they were also very fortunate to win the game yesterday. Yep, yep. So, but I will say that Mike Gundy finds a way to do this every single year. Mm-hmm. Right? Last year was with defense. They lost their defensive coordinator to Ohio State this year. It's back to like what he was like as a coach before, where they're gonna score a lot of points. So yeah, right before I'm glad you brought this up, because right before I walked in the studio, I saw four. And this is one of the games that I had circled. So I'm like, if this opened three and TCU already took money and bumped it up to four, because I want to bet Oklahoma State in this game. Mm-hmm. But I also want to see how high it was gonna go. If it if it happened to move to like six. I was definitely going to be on Okie State, but now that it's back to three and a half, I think it's probably going to ping pong between those numbers. So now um, I'll wait and see uh, exactly what what I want to do in this game. But I would look at the Oklahoma State side, and that's you know even what we just said on mm-hmm. this number and how Oklahoma State's been operating. Again, TCU, you want to talk about a gauntlet here now. Oh, it's crazy. It is a very diff- difficult stretch, and I just... I. Give me the points of the Cowboys.
4: And and I do think, too, we're getting to that point where maybe we're nearing the top of the market with TCU, right? They're they're covering numbers. They're they're doing everything they can. Cover the open number of of five against Kansas. You're probably getting to the point now where maybe you're getting a little bit past where they should be rated and some value in looking to play against them coming up here. Because it's been wild to see they've answered every single call. That sounds fair. Uh, Also, we should mention, too, Clemson. uh, We've talked to – I mentioned this in passing really quickly, uh, but Clemson right now, I think I've got seven and a half down to five against Florida State. Total of 51. Uh, Florida State really beat up. Mitch, appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot for coming in. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll wrap it up. We have plenty left to get to uh, as we look at these college football lines. Matt Grill, trading manager at DraftKings, joins us next.
0: This is College Lines Revealed on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Hey guys, remember... Come on. Decent Pro subscription. It's where it's at. You get our Pro Tools, Pro Picks at a Glance as well, Pro Tips. It's 175 bucks through the Super Bowl. and includes a lot of things. The NHL Guide is part of the subscription. The NBA Guide, which, by the way, selfishly, I just got my first look at, looks beautiful. Absolutely great. Uh, and remember, college basketball, it's going to start in about a month. You get the guide to that, too, plus all we offer for the NFL college football, and everything in between. So make sure you check it out. v Pro, very much worth it. $175 for the Super Bowl, or the better deal, you get the annual subscription at a discounted price per month. So check that out, vcin.com slash subscribe. All right, let's keep going with this. We've got a lot to get to in the last couple of minutes here. Uh, so let us continue with what we're going to talk about here, college football lines revealed. We'll go to the DraftKings trading floor here, where everybody's been with us every single week. It's nice enough to give us some tie today. What's up, man?
6: Hey, JVT, another busy Sunday.
4: It is, it is, but we talk about college football (laughs) here, so let us discuss what we're going to see coming up next week. First off, you know, last time we talked to you, we were discussing quarterbacks, right, and the line moves that are there. Last week, the market did not care. This is where I want to begin. They did not care that it looked like Jalen Moreau might get the start over Bryce Young. That went from 20 to 24. What well, we saw there is a difference in play, and Bryce Young, again, is in question potentially this week. And Alabama gets Tennessee on the road. So what do you make of this matchup here between the Volunteers and the Crimson Tide and what the market's going to do with this number now, again, after we've seen a game from the road?
6: Yeah, I mean, the market, I think, definitely underestimated the absence of Bryce Young in the game against Texas A&M last week, and it kind of showed. Uh, they struggled to throw the ball. I don't think they had a completion to a wide receiver till the, the second half, I believe. So... Uh, I think it's a little correct a little bit more this week. It's we we had a look ahead at nine and a half. All we wrote was uh, Alabama money. This week now, you've seen the openers around seven and a half. I think we're at right now. A little bit more split action. Uh, Bryce Young'll we'll we see if he can come back next week. Obviously he's gonna be a big factor into that line. So if he comes back, you could see that go north of 10 if he's out, maybe it goes a little bit below seven. Tennessee's looked looked very impressive last week again.
4: So let's go to another matchup that. Now I wanted to talk a little bit about. What is going to happen in uh, Michigan and Penn State? But I'll get to that momentarily because the other quarterback situation that we're talking about has to do with Kansas, a team that is also consistently delivered. Jalen Daniels goes out with a shoulder injury. Jason Bean comes in, leads them to 28 points in the second half. They don't win. They get right on that number of seven. What do you do with a team like Kansas who might be on their backup quarterback this weekend?
6: Kansas would have a, a such a competent backup uh, quarterback. Jason Bean yeah. came in, did well, kept them in the game. They had a shot to to win that game, even without Jalen Daniels, their uh, quarterback who was in the Heisman mix. So yeah, going in Oklahoma next week, uh, possibly with uh, Jason Bean here. Oklahoma just looked so bad with their backups. I mean, Kansas should be able to contend here. Uh, I think it opened uh, seven seven and a half on Oklahoma was it? Which who would have ever thought Oklahoma would be playing a touchdown at Kansas right. at home? It's it's almost bizarre to see.
4: What happens if Dylan Gabriel is active here for Oklahoma?
6: Yeah, it would definitely have to go go quite a bit. Just uh, you know, he's been so significant to to what they can do in offense uh, that it would probably push it back up north of ten. Uh, although now, I mean, are they going to stop playing for preventables here with uh, this team kind of in the tank? They're 0-3 in the Big 12. Kind of just have to see the attitude of this team going forward.
4: All right, let's talk about that Big Ten matchup then. Penn State on the road against Michigan. Wolverines have had a very soft schedule up to this point. Uh, a real, I, I would call it, even though they won 31 to 10, if you actually watched the game through the first three quarters, uh, it was 10 10 most of the way. Really struggled to put Indiana away before some pretty big drives near the end of that matchup. So, you guys, your look ahead was right here. It was seven and a half. I think you're sitting on seven now. What do you expect happens to this number as we're sitting on the key of seven?
6: Yeah, Michigan with a bit of a struggle that game against the Andy. Obviously, at the end, they will get things done and win by three touchdowns. Penn State uh, coming off a bye. They, uh, their last two wins at home against Central Michigan and Northwestern, unimpressive there. So uh, we liked it over a touchdown. Uh, still kind of high in Michigan here. This obviously is obviously the best team they've played by far. So should be a really good litmus test for both teams and obviously go a long way toward deciding the Big Ten East. So let's
4: go a little bit further down the board. And this is one we haven't really hit on a lot uh, because – Uh, I didn't give it enough time, and it's not fair. Clemson. Clemson is continuing to kind of round into form here, man. And if you look at the way that DJU has been playing, uh, he has been a little bit better. And their defense, that was the big question, right? Against Boston College, Eagles were a popular play because there's some explosiveness in that offense. They held them to three points. Clemson on the road against a beat-up Florida State team that blew that against the backup of NC State in the Wolfpack. What do you make of this number and where you guys are at? And what do you expect? Because 5.5 is kind of a dead number. And with a team like Clemson, I would assume the market's not afraid to lay a number like that.
6: Yeah, Florida State, although they did end up losing that game, I mean, obviously they, they blew that game. They should have won that game. They were up double digits. Don't really know what they're doing at the end. They're passing the ball, trying to go for a touchdown when they had the, the field goal on hand to win by a point. So just some bad game planning there. But for the most part, that game, they, they put it into cruise control. They should have had that game against NC State. You're right, Clemson, too, in into form. Uh, you know, Five and a half, kind of a dead number. We had this up at four and a half, five earlier in the week, so kind of right where we had it should be an interesting game and Florida State I'm not really sleeping on them quite yet I think they can give Clemson a game here
4: next on the rotation Mississippi State and Kentucky so Mississippi State is one of those teams that has very much been upgraded by the market as the weeks have gone along Uh, they are upwards now of a six-point favorite over at DraftKings Uh, but my question for you is Will Levis what does he do for the point spread here and it's an interesting dynamic right because Levis misses the game against South Carolina but you also have a team that's rising in the market of Mississippi State so what do you think that dynamic looks like and how it plays out if Levis is available
6: yeah, these past two weeks has really been tough to kind of navigate the uh, the quarterback situations across the college football landscape. Yep. Quite a few of them to to some starters here. So it was funny when we put up the uh, look aheads on Wednesday, we opened up Miss State one and a half. That was right before uh, the breaking news on Will Levis hit. So we even had Miss State favored when we thought Will Levis was in. So it's adjusted to about where it should be with him out. I think we had it at six six and a half. So you know, Kentucky obviously could not really get too much offense put together against South Carolina. Miss State's been a very impressive team so far. And discount where they never ended up. Now, what about Pac-12 matchup? 5 p.m. Pacific
4: time. USC and Utah. Uh, I would not call it disappointing because UCLA has clearly shown that they are a lot better uh, than initially thought. But Utah already now with their second loss and taking it on the chin against UCLA and USC winning, but not looking overly impressive. So, what is the line here over at DraftKings?
6: We opened this up at four a couple days ago and then uh, this morning went back at two and a half and now we're back to three. As you mentioned, this game's a lost a little bit of luster with Utah going down again. UAC just kind of plodding along each week. It seems like not doing anything too impressive. Uh, still should go a long way toward deciding who's going to participate in the Pac-12 title game here, more so from UAC's perspective now that Utah has this loss. So, you know, Oregon, uh, UCLA, these teams are kind of coming into the mix now, but this game still is going to be important to the to the race in the Pac-12. All
4: right, let's go down a little bit deeper on the board with some good team or with, with some good stories, narrative-wise, and from a market standpoint, how teams are handled. First off, we'll start ACC matchup, Miami. So they lose to Middle Tennessee, they get a week off, they come back out, they lose again. Uh, this time to North Carolina. Market moved in that direction too. The market was moving against the Hurricanes. Now they're on the road against Virginia Tech. Uh, what is the number here and what does the market do with the team that has been consistently disappointing
6: yeah such a good game in years past not so much anymore but miami i still i think they're just the far superior team over virginia tech virginia tech was able to put up some points against pitt and hang in there for a bit but ultimately he had about 300 yards running uh in 60s to israel and pitt there so there's a team that is really having a tough time right now so we would have had this probably a little bit above 10 last week we put up. Now it's coming out a little bit with Miami kind of to keep sliding, and we've been up here just over a touchdown on Miami.
4: How about Oklahoma State and TCU because the Horned Frogs continue to take care of business in their own respect. They push on the seven against Kansas. But Mitch, Mitch, Mitch Moss and I were talking about this right before we had you on, Matt, that it seems that TCU might be at the top of their market price. What do you guys make of it?
6: Yeah, we opened this one up, at, I believe it was one and a half or two earlier in the week on TCU, and the markets uh, gone their way a little bit here with the, with the open, so it's going to feel going beyond. Uh, Oklahoma State, that box score against Texas Tech was very close. That game was very close throughout. Not too impressed with them this week. Obviously, a lot more impressed with them the prior week against Baylor. So, this should be a great game in the Big 12 and TCU. A little bit of a concern about their defense still. So, I don't really think this line should be going up too high, much past the field goal. But it'll be interesting to see where it settles by the time it kicks on Saturday.
4: All right. And we'll get you out of here on this Uh, SEC matchup. LSU uh, slapped around by Tennessee over the weekend. Now they get a Florida team that was supposed to be catching Missouri in a letdown spot. Not the case. They don't cover as about 10-point favorites or so. Florida. Three? Is this where you guys are hanging up right now?
6: Yeah, that's this is right where we had a few days ago. So I, L, LSU, obviously, the kind of a, a just got pounded by a really good Tennessee team. So not, I guess, not that surprising that Tennessee was able to just kind of pile on LSU Nuggets in into Florida. This is usually a pretty tight game. Should be kind of an ugly game, low scoring game. Florida has been going along. You know, they played some some really tough schedule so far. So you know, not as uh, An appealing game in the SEC as years pass, but still a good game, good matchup.
4: Matt, it's always good to talk to you, man. Thank you for the insight week to week. We appreciate it, as always. Thanks, JVT. Thanks, guys. You got it. Matt Grill again over there at DraftKings. Yeah, this is a really deep slate, and there's a lot of other games that we have yet to discuss, which we'll discuss on the channel, of course, College Football Betting Podcast. That's where you want to like, rate, review, subscribe, and hang out, because the analysis there is... Second to none. How about this, too, for example? Like Washington, a team that the market loved before they got smacked around by UCLA last Friday. And then, of course, doing what they did against Arizona State on Saturday. 15 and a half point favorite over an Arizona squad that offensively has some really big positives. And some other matchups on the board as well. If you want all of the updated analysis on that, check out that college football betting podcast and head up vsyn.com, of course. A lot of great college football content up there from all of our guys. You want? How about you just become a vSIMP Pro subscriber? It's the best way to do it. Live bet Sunday rolls on here on vSIMP. We'll see you.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Zumo Play.